RTL Original Podcast. One of Luxembourg's most popular artists, Sumo, has been a well-known figure since the 90s. He started off with graffiti on the streets and his crazy bald head emblem became so well recognised that Sumo's art is respected by everyone of all ages and all walks of life. He joins us today in the studio. Can I start by saying welcome back and thank you so much for doing this with me again? Well, thank you for having me back. It's a, it's a pleasure. So we invited back, I think, five of the most popular and most listened to interviews. And it doesn't surprise me that everybody absolutely loved yours. So when I said I was going to get you back in today, everyone that had messaged me about the last one, I told them about it and they were like, oh my God, you have to ask him all his seek. This time I'm going to really try and get something out of you that you haven't said before. Okay, I'll try to give you as much value as I can. Thank you. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, can you share some tips on how you stay creative and productive? And I imagine that this question comes from other people who are also quite artistic and they struggle with structure. What's your way of kind of keeping track of everything and keeping creative as well? You know, it can be hard when it's when you have to do it as a job. So to stay creative and to always keep having ideas, for that you really need to have some some kind of objective and, and, and your own guidelines, kind of. I have an, an overall theme for my artwork, and that's time and space. You wouldn't know um, when you look at the paintings, mm-hmm. but if I, if I start explaining my, my artwork, then it will be a little more obvious you'll see the paintings differently once i started to have this overall theme that i I would just adapt to every time it made my my whole process so much easier because i I knew exactly in which direction i'm going and uh, i kept it so flexible that i can just do pretty much anything and adapt it to the theme so basically what I'm doing in my paintings is, um, well, part of it is documenting time. I let myself um, get guided by what's happening around me. So if I'm listening to music, it'll be, you know, the, the, the lyrics um, are going to maybe get, I'll, I'll write some, some of the lyrics on the, on the canvas or maybe I'll make a reference to it or, or a word game. You know, maybe it's something that's happening in the news or, or maybe it's, you know, friends coming around and we're fooling around and, uh, um, you know, being silly. And then all these things are, are kind of going onto the canvas, kind of like I'm writing into, um, into my own journal. And as time goes by, I just keep painting over and then I create these layers of time, basically. Yeah. So ha- having this, um, this theme kind of helped me you know, channel everything into one direction. Does that mean that you are always on then in a way? Like you're always aware that something could inspire you. You're always aware that something could then play a part in your art later on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily have to be in front of a painting. You know, sometimes um, I'm just walking in the street and I see something or I hear a part of a conversation and it, something funny is coming. I, mean, I might make a mental note or I'll, I'll type it into my phone or I'll, I'll write it into uh, my sketchbook if I have it with me. And, and then I'll, I'll just add it 
you know, w- w- once I'm in the studio. Your phone must be full of really cool notes um, <laughs> that are the beginning of pieces of art. Is that right? I have notes coming out of my ears. Yeah, <laughs> I have uh, books and books full of notes, um, and then I, I write them in, and then I kind of forget them, and and then when I'm when I have a moment where I'm not inspired, or you know, sometimes I need about an hour to get into the the flow um, or to get into in the zone to to start work. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes, uh, you know, if, if it was a long day, then I might just sit down and go through the sketchbook or mm-hmm. through my. So while we're on topic of the whole process, can you tell us a secret about your process that most people won't know? So at the moment, I'm spending a lot of time in the studio, mm-hmm. especially because of the um, the curfew, um, eleven o'clock. That's too early for me to go home and uh, and you know to go home at 11 or before 11 that means i have to get ready half an hour before and so on so what i do is i i just stay in the studio and and sleep on the couch and i I might just work all night and have you know six seven uh hours in a row without having a phone ringing, without having to answer messages. And that's pretty cool because once I'm in the f- in flow, it's so much better when you have just uh, hours on ends uh, without distractions or anything. Mm-hmm. And something that people don't know is, um, well, I do listen to music a lot when I'm, when I'm painting, but I also... Um, when I have like six or seven hours, I might just put on an audiobook and then uh, feed my mind uh, while I paint for, for six or seven hours. Could you ever work from home or do you have like your studio is your studio and your home is your home? Is it quite a clear divide for you? It is a clear divide for me now. It used to, I used to have um, my studio at home and that was a nightmare because I would just get up in the morning and then uh, and then I, I already see work and I kind of oh yeah I'm, I'm going to do that before I um, before for, before breakfast or yeah. I'm going to do this before I get dressed <laughs> um, so just to get it out of the way and then you kind of get up and and start work and, and you don't have a clear cut when when you finish so I would finish my work and then just go from work to bed mm-hmm. and it's I, I prefer going to the studio and then when I'm finished, I lock the door and then I get into my car, drive home. And during that time, I switch off and then I'm in home mode. For such a creative person, you strike me as very disciplined as well. Where does that come from? Well, I'm a one-man band, so um, I have to do pretty much everything. And in order to be effective, you have to have um, a kind of discipline. And although I'm, I'm very chaotic in the way I work and um, the way my days um, are structured, I I have to have a certain uh, amount of discipline to, to, to really get things done. Talk to me about seeing your art on the side of a Lux airplane for the very first time. I need to get inside your head for that because that was epic. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, obviously it made me extremely proud when I saw it. Um, I came into the, um, it was the, the, the cargo looks, um, hall where, where they, they had the plane, uh, that the plane was, um, parked and you had 10 guys putting on uh, vinyl stickers of my, um, of my design on the plane. And I've been working on it for two days and I just, I, I, I came in and there was this big monster of a machine, uh, with my characters on. And, um, I mean, I, it, it was uh, goosebumps uh, all the way. It was, mm -hmm. it was crazy. How did that collaboration come about? So it's a funny story. Um, the, the CEO from uh, Luxe, Gilles Fight, he, um, we, we have, um, a common friend and he called him on a Saturday evening, um, to, uh, ask if he could call me to call him and uh, so my friend called me and said you um would you be interested in in, in doing a project with Luxair um could you call um could you call Jill Fight and um I looked at my watch and I said um uh, okay well now it's maybe a little late so I said so when when would you like me to call him and he said oh you call him right now and I said well it's 10 o'clock <laughs> in the evening <laughs> uh, on a Saturday. He said, yeah, yeah, call him. So I thought, okay, funny. I, I called him and, uh, I had him on the phone and, uh, he said, well, we, uh, uh, how about we, uh, we, we do an, um, a nice project together. Would you, would you be, uh, willing to, to meet me, uh, very soon? Mm -hmm. So I said, sure. Monday we met up and, um, I, I didn't know what to expect. We went to see the planes and, and and that's when he said uh well the the lockdown is about to finish um you know everything is empty people are staying at home and they're mm -hmm. depressed and uh, and paranoid and, and and really in a bad state we need something to you know we, we need something uh, boost the morale and yeah. um and, and and make them want to travel again you know leave the um house and you know be free again mm -hmm. and and travel and have some fun and the rest is history. And the rest is history. <laughs> Sorry, I was very long-winded. <laughs> no, does that mean that we're going to start seeing your art on other merchandise? Like, are you going to be on cars and trains and trainers and clothes? And like, what's next? Well, I'm still going to uh, stick to traditional canvases, but um, I am working on um, a line of merchandise with um, merchandising with... Um, Luxia, mm -hmm. which is going to come out in a few weeks, and there's going to be um, some some bags, tote bags um, with an all-over print. Uh, there'll be a nice uh, uh, mug. It's a black mug, and when you when you pour hot water in it, it will uh, change color, and you'll have nice. a, an, an all-over design and mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. So it's going to be really fun. And mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is, I, I can't really talk about it right now. I'm in the middle of discussions with um, another big brand to uh, for for a nice collaboration um, that might happen this year. So mm -hmm. exciting! Um, very exciting. If this happens, it would be very exciting. Yeah. yeah. As a one-man band, does somebody help you organize these uh, sorts of collaborations and negotiations, or do you do all that yourself? Well. Um, I do have, um, I do surround myself with, uh, with people, um, who, who know 
better about, you know, negotiating that type of, um, projects. So, um, um, I have advisors that, that help me with all the, the financial stuff or the legal, um, documents and, and so on, mm -hmm. because, um, you can't do everything yourself no. and, you know, it's far too important to, to, you know, to make a mistake on this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I've been seeing more and more that art is being recognized as an integral part of one's well-being. And it was only last week that I heard that one of the biggest, um, companies in Luxembourg, they are giving a free art therapy to all their employees. So once a week, they get a two hour art session during the working week, um, in the office and they get to learn about different forms and methods of art. And then they can just freestyle and the teacher is there to kind of teach, um, art as a form of therapy. It occurred to me that, you know, we're now at a day and age where people recognize that art is therapeutic and can be used to treat mental health issues. Where do you think art's place is in 2021, especially given what we've been going through and are still going through as a global pandemic? Art in general, um, is very, is very important, even in times, uh, um, outside the pandemic. You know, mm -hmm. before and, and after, it's like you say, it, it has, it can have an, a great impact on your well-being and on your state of mind. It's totally ther therapeutic for myself already. I mean, I spend a lot of time on my own in the studio, so it can be really lonely sometimes. It was a few years ago. I it was at a low point in my life and um, I was in the studio and... I was, I was preparing a really big exhibition. What I did to motivate myself was I added uh, a lot of motivational stuff and, and humor into my paintings so that I can see it every day while I'm, while I'm working. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just integrated it in my paintings. And the more I surrounded myself with that and with the bright colors and making these joyful paintings it did have an impact on on my well-being and and on the way i felt so i'm i'm totally convinced that if you surround yourself with positive things and even positive messages and and or, or people that have a, a positive energy it really does have an impact on you and just by seeing it um will put you in a better state and then it, it will have this snowball effect where you will be, um, because you're in a good mood, you'll be nicer to the people around you. Uh, you know, you'll be nicer to four people that are around you. And because of that, they will be you know, maybe kinder to, mm -hmm. to another uh, group of people around them. And it kind of, you know, it spreads like dominoes, like yeah. dominoes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I can I can really imagine that if if people that are not artists um, and that are not used to paint can just um, you know do this at work mm -hmm. uh, during work work hours just switch off and do something completely different and and just experiment with with paint and just let loose you know there's no rules in art you can mm -hmm. just do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I think I think that can be uh, the, uh, quite powerful. Mm-hmm. How important was it for you to make a living out of your art? Would you have been okay to make a living um, with a day job and then to do art on the side? So, I never wanted to be an artist, um, and I never meant to become an artist because I started off with graffiti, and um, and for me it was. You know, this is not art, and people didn't see it as art. Plus, um, you know, we have been given these beliefs and ideas from school that, um, you know, you can't live off art and, you know, you better go get a job and do this as a hobby or something like that. Plus, I, I didn't consider myself an artist. And then, um, at some point I, I did an exhibition and it did have a success and, and I liked the fact that people actually bought my artwork and recognized it and, and put it in their home. So I kept doing it. I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing it, um, until there's no, no one buying it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and still I, I, I thought it was impossible to, to earn a living with it. So I always, I, I was a graphic designer. I, I, I studied graphic design and then I worked as a graphic designer until I, I quit my job and opened a, a small business with, uh, with a small gallery. That's when I, I exhibited other artists, you know, urban artists. People asked me to do and show my own art, my own gallery, which then became really successful as well, which made me think okay well i could maybe i could maybe earn some money like earn a living with um, with making art so i quit that and and again i i i did a 50 50 thing i i, I did 50 percent freelance graphic design and 50 percent art because i thought that it was you know everyone was saying it's you, you cannot uh, earn a living until i um I decided, okay, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll just take a gamble. Mm-hmm. I'll just quit everything. I'm just gonna do art, and it was quite scary because I already had one, one child, and um, and the second one on the way. And I just decided, okay, I'll just quit everything and just do art and and see what happens. From that moment on, you know, everything um, started accelerating, and I think. Uh, if you really want to live off something, if it's art or if it's um, anything, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to be a, a good gardener or anything, you just you have to um, you have to dedicate all of your time to do it and um, to be the best version of uh, of that. So once I I I burned my bridges behind me and I, I was um, I had to succeed uh, as an artist it it kind of uh, grew from there and um, yeah it makes it's, sense because you couldn't go back right it makes sense you know once you've burned your bridges it's sort of like this is make or break you know this is me really dedicating myself and maybe if you had stayed working in the day as a graphic designer you wouldn't be where you are today because you'd be consumed by your job and it's hard to be inspired and creative after a long working day, right? 
Yeah, and, and you can't give you uh, all of your energy. Um, you know, you might be inspired while you're at work, and and then you wish you could um, paint, and and then you get to the studio, and then you're not inspired anymore. So it's you're not doing yourself a favor mm-hmm. by doing so. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for kids or adults who are really interested in art, but they're afraid that they won't make it? Okay, so I think if you're truly passionate about something to the point that you're obsessing about it, I think, well, I I would say go for it. Mm -hmm. I believe that if you give uh, all you've got, if you give 100% every time uh, and you feel like that's what you've been put on earth to do, I don't see a reason why it shouldn't work. Because you will, you will grind, you will, you will make it happen by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, those who succeed are, are, the, uh, are the ones that are willing to do the things that most people won't. And they won't do it because it's uncomfortable or because it's boring or tedious. Like, you know, most artists don't want to be selling or doing accounting or financial planning or, or public speaking is... You know, I, I freak out when I have to do public speaking, but you have to get over that. You have to get over that and work on yourself and, um, because otherwise it's just going to hold you back and be successful at some, something you have to, you have to do everything you need to, um, to succeed. And what about this fear that we're not good enough, you know, because with something like art, it's so subjective, right? So, you know, I might think I'm a great artist, but then if I keep showing people and they're like, no, no, that's not great. What do you say to the, you know, the voice that says, right, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Well, the only person that can say you're good enough or not good enough is you. Mm -hmm. Um, That's ultimately the, the only one the only person who can who can make that uh decision um it's really not important what other people think um and i I don't think you should listen to it especially if it's if it's just uh, naysayers that uh, just are being negative Mm -hmm. and trying to hold you back what one thing is you have to be honest with yourself you have to be objective and and looking at your work and deciding is this is this really original or not mm-hmm. if you don't succeed you can always go back to do something conventional but um for me it's always been what if i'm not going to do it and i will look back at some uh, some day and look back on my life and and say well what if i would have done this i i don't i don't think i could forgive myself for not doing it mm-hmm. for not trying at, at least what I can do is say, well, I tried and it didn't work out. At least I know it, you know, I had to do something else. And maybe it will lead you to to something better, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll fail and you'll do something better. But I think it's like a child learning how to walk. It will fall a, a million times before it, it will stand on its feet and, and walk. So sometimes you'll just have to fail a hundred times before uh, before you succeed but um if you think this is really what you're here to do then you should definitely go for it i think so i think for 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 young people also is um to keep 
to keep feeding their mind and you know um a lot of people think a lot of people think that when they when they finish school they don't have to um they don't have to learn anything anymore like learning's finished like they close the books and then okay this is it for me um i don't have to do anything anymore i think school is um I think school will uh, will teach you the basics and then the rest is up to you. And I think for if I could give a tip to myself like um 20 years ago then I would say just feed your mind with stuff that's actually useful to you and to to get to where you want to go. It's you know pe people see learning as uh, I have to You know, it's it's a chore. Mm -hmm. um, I have to do this. Oh, this is um, you know, this is going to be annoying, and I have to read all this. And but actually, if if it's something that you're really interested in, and you can make it fun, and you can actually apply it to stuff that you do, and you get and you can see your successes um, by doing so, it's um, it is so it's so rewarding and. Uh, I have learned so many great things now that I'm not in school anymore and mu much better stuff than, than I did in, in school, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Do you feel that because you've had so much success with your artwork and the style of art, does that restrict you from evolving as an artist? Like, have you ever seen a different style or like considered a different style to evolve your ideas into, but then you're afraid because it's not sumo looking? Yeah, that's, um, that's a good, that's a really good question because I get, I, I know from other artists that they are stuck with one style because they have this label mm -hmm. and, and people expect them to do this type of painting. And then they do this for for like 50 years. They do the same thing. I have been doing, working in the same style for a very long time as well. It's my ninth year that I'm, I'm working in this, in the same direction. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's still, I'm still, it's everything is still in progress. So I'm, I'm still working towards a bigger project and a, and a bigger idea. And everything, to me, makes sense in the bigger picture. In right? the in the in the bigger picture. So, for me, ideally, um, all my paintings uh, that I I've I've been painting since 2013, uh, yeah, 2013, would be all part of one big um, body of work, and uh, w they're all like puzzle pieces of one artwork mm -hmm. and that artwork would be not linked um together in on the surface but they would be linked in in the depths so if you would zoom in to one painting you would you would end up in the next one and then you keep zooming and you'll end up in another painting and so on so that they're all linked but mm -hmm one after the other and not on the surface level. Like a cross section or something, right? Yeah, like like in an endless zoom uh, with a microscope. Mm -hmm. Once I get this piece done, <laughs> maybe I'll never get it done, but once I get this piece done, 
I think that body of work is is over. But I've been experimenting with other things. I've been experimenting with wood recently, and uh, it's still my character and so on. I've also been doing uh, paintings without my character mm-hmm. because I don't think it is really necessarily to, necessary to be in it because you you can recognize my my paintings even without my crazy bald head. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still, um, it, you know, it, it still evolves all the time, very slowly. You, you don't see the change much, but if you would look at everything, um, in a timeline, you can see that every year, uh, everything is, is completely, has, like does change a lot and um as my as my technique changes and everything changes but it's it's really hard to see the difference because some people think i still do the same thing that i i did 25 years ago mm-hmm. because the change is so slow but if i show you a picture of what i did 20 years ago it's um it, it's day and night I feel like there's only one solution for this, and that is to create an exhibition, like a retrospective exhibition. Um, and that would be so cool to see chronologically how your mind has been evolving within the theme of space and time. Yeah. The only problem is I hardly have anything oh, left. So yeah. um, I would have to go and, and, and borrow, find it them, back. borrow them all back. Uh, <laughs> find the people who who have them oh that's sad that you don't have them all i mean it makes sense you can't keep everything and uh, i used to have a really crappy um camera so everything before 2012 was done with a really bad camera so i have really really bad photos okay i my plan is to to bring out a book with um with my evolution and uh, you know explaining my my work and the concept and everything but um, it might take some time <laughs> <laughs> I, I i wanted to, i've been wanting to do this since 2015 so mm-hmm. i think it might take another couple of years but it's a cool thing that you have to do not just for yourself but for your kids you know yeah the legacy and uh, you know then you know your future family the generations um when you're not there to explain it yourself that book will be there still. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For me, it's it's really important also to show them to be living proof that it is um, possible to to do what what I do, starting from scratch, starting from from nowhere, without without having, you know, I, I want my my kids to 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 have this freedom uh, of the mind that uh, they can do whatever they they decide to do you know mm-hmm. and and not be um trapped in the ideas that they they get from from the outside you know the limiting beliefs from most of the people from our society from our yeah. society right i want to open the, their horizon and i want them to be able to make their own choices mm-hmm. for their future so if they want to become independent they do if they prefer to to take a job and have a security that's fine with me but i want them to be happy and i want them to do um you know decide for themselves mm-hmm. and not 
having to do it because they think they have to, because society dictates it, or、um, well, your whole career is that proof. You know, for me, when I think about this podcast and why we have this podcast, you epitomize that. You know, you epitomize this the dreams that people have that society are frowning upon and discouraging people to have. You are that living proof. So not only will you inspire your own children, but you will be inspiration to so many young Luxembourgers. Yeah, I hope it can inspire some people to、um, to think differently. Because I I also thought, yeah, you know, this is for other people. This is for、uh, definitely not for someone like me in living in in a tiny、uh, country like Luxembourg. You know, who's ever going to see what I'm doing? Uh, who's ever going to, you know, pay attention to what I'm doing? But it it still happened, you know. It, yeah. Um, I, 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 but I think it's also because because of the passion and because of um because I was really obsessed about doing this and I didn't care what other people thought、uh, because people didn't like what what I was doing and I did it anyway and I and I you know I couldn't care less. But at some point, the, the the page just turned, you know. And some people liked it, and then more and more people liked it, and and then when it became popular, the the, the more people like it, the the more others follow, you know. And、mm-hmm. it, it's it's really weird, huh? But、um, it the, the hardest thing is to believe in yourself and to believe that it's possible. And I know for a fact that it is possible, and anything is possible, even though. Other people say it's it's impossible, but it's just because it's in their mind they, they can't imagine that happening to them、yeah. or, or happening for them. Yeah, I mean, often it,、yeah. the people who tell you that you can't do it are people that were told that they couldn't do it their whole life. And sad as it sounds, I think it's a projection of their own insecurities and what they weren't able to achieve themselves, or that they didn't try to achieve. I, I have the feeling that. Somehow they want you not to succeed, because I think if you would succeed, it would mean that they were wrong, and you know it, it would prove them wrong, and、um, it it make them feel even worse because you know you're actually doing something that they would have liked to do and that they think it, you know,、mm-hmm. and so on. So、mm-hmm. so they will. Try everything to keep you to hold you back, and at the same time, they also like to see you fail、yeah. because then they can say, "Well, I told you so." You know,、mm-hmm. you were stupid to、uh, to think that you you would be able to to do something like this. You know, I, I told you this is impossible.、Mm-hmm. And but if you don't listen to it and you keep Keep doing it again and and failing and failing and failing until you actually succeed. Um, that's I mean, for me it was always success is the sweetest revenge.、Uh, a lot of people always, you know, underestimated me and and told me it was not possible, or and I never said anything. And I just thought, well, I'll you know, you you just watch, you know, um. And that—that's the, I guess, the underdog advantage is that no one expects you to do, to succeed, especially if you're the underdog. 
no one sees you coming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and once you're there, it, it kind of, it looks like it, it just happened overnight. It's, it, ha- it looks like it's just, you did it effortlessly and, uh, you just did it in one shot, but actually you've tried a million times. Yeah. How cool cool to get there and be like, I did it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And once you've done, once you've had one little success like that, Mm -hmm. you kind of, you kind of, you kind of understand the process and then you can apply it each time. And then you know that you are going to, you know, it's not going to happen the first time. It might not even happen the 10th time, but if you keep going, it will eventually, you know, something will give in. It's like a kid um, crying to get uh, a biscuit, yeah, and uh, <laughs> it keeps crying, and then it's no, and nine times it's no, and the tenth time is okay. Here you go. Here's your biscuit. Then the kid knows. Okay, well, I have to t- cry ten times to get a biscuit. So it will, it will push the limit. You know, <laughs> push the limits. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same thing happens in life. If you really want something from life, then you'll just have to go and get it. And at some point, just life will say, "All right, okay, just let me <laughs> let me go. Here's here's your biscuit. Go." Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, I've really valued the advice that you've given, and I'm sure it's very useful to people listening. So thank you so much, and we're excited to see more art from you. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you.